Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I am here today with Dr. Kim Warren Martin, and we are going to talk about all things purpose and how really finding your purpose can improve and really elevate your professional output and your professional performance and take it to the next level. Thanks for coming on, Kim. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I know, I'm just excited to be here. I've been looking forward to today. (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about your work and tell us about, you know, who you are. Okay, sure. So again, I'm Dr. Kim Warren Martin. I am the creator and lead consultant for a program called Reignite Her Light, uh, where burned out women come to recalibrate. So I help burned out women reignite their light and literally work with professional women who are in a space where they're questioning why they're doing what they're doing, maybe feeling lonely and isolated, having, you know, achieved so much success and feeling this way, not having anyone they feel they can share it with. And that was me actually five, almost six years ago now. Also, just really in a space of carrying some guilt because of all the stuff you have and all the things you've achieved, but still not really being fulfilled and wondering if this is all there is is there more? So having, yeah, so I have a, a distinct pleasure of having created some methodologies out of my own journey and to be able to help people, women literally identify the hidden unique difference they want to make in the world and design what it's going to look like, put a plan in place, be able to improve productivity, which I'm sure we'll talk some about a little more. Yeah, definitely. Uh, literally, you know, to have a sense of calm have your mental load decreased and improve performance and relationships and just life. So I'm excited. I love life. I love the joy and the beauty of living and expressing, uh, you know, life itself. And so I love to help other people have that same experience as we go through life. I would love to hear a little bit about the journey that brought you to here. One of the things that stood out for me was I remember being, I was in my early twenties. I had two little babies at home and I was most likely suffering from about postpartum depression that was like delayed and ignored, you know? And Mm -hmm. I remember going to the counselor who was a man, just saying. And he said to me, he's like, okay, let me get this straight. You just bought a house. You have two beautiful children you're working in a stable job, you have a stable marriage, remind me why you're unhappy again. And I didn't have an answer for that. I just was like, I'm, you know, like, that's why I'm here. You know, I have all these things and I just want to feel it on the inside. I want to feel what I see on the outside. I want to feel it on the inside. So what was your experience that brought you to reignite your own life? So my experience was that I'm the oldest of four girls. And so my parents wanted us to be able to build our own lives. It wasn't anti-marriage, but they were like, well, you don't have to buy a car, get your own home and that sort of thing. So they chose careers for us. And those were all in the technology industry. So I have an engineering background, software engineer, and it literally set us on a good path. So I know for sure my parents did the best they could. You know, that was literally what they were looking for. But I got into this career and, oh, by the way, let me say, I really wanted to be singing and dancing on Broadway. So I'm creative. (laughs) I'm also analytical. And so how did the two, you know, how do you go from singing and dancing on Broadway, acting in movies in Hollywood to being a software engineer? So, but the reality is, so I had this career, the money got good, the perks were awesome. And so I looked up one day and it was like, you know, 20 something years later, and I'm still in this career. At that point, just prior to that point, 
I had been invited to run the women's initiative for a multinational corporation. And that literally meant to help women get to the top, help, you know, attract, develop, retain, promote more women. And so I took the assignment after thinking about it for three or four days, because I wasn't really sure it's something that I wanted to do. Because unlike, well, so you have children and you know what that's like. Well, I put out everything I had into my career. So I didn't have babies. And so I said, I don't know how I can be all things to all, all women because I don't have children. Right. And I don't know, you know, what it's like to have to nurse a baby and then try to get home and, you know, cook and all these things. Yeah. So I didn't have that experience, but I accepted it. And literally I did kind of become all things to all women. (laughs) So, you know, tens of thousands of them, in fact, and uh, around the world. And so what I was able to do and able to learn by working with women literally is that at some point, as I'm working to elevate women and grow them in their career and that sort of thing, you would think everyone wants to do that. Kind of like therapists said, hey, why are you unhappy? Right? So exactly. Yeah. So I actually, one day someone told me no, said she did not want to be at the top. And she said, I've counted the cost. And this particular woman was Chinese. She said, I'm married. I have a child. I got to take care of my child, my family, my parents, my husband. She was from the one child generation. Yeah. And she was like, I don't think I can do all of that, <laughs> you know, right. and I'm really good where I am. And so I got to thinking about her courage and her bravery, audacity, right? To say no to everything that, you know, she had in front of her. And then I looked at my own life and I heard this still small voice inside that literally was like Kim you know, you've been taking care and doing all these amazing things for all these amazing women, you know, who's looking out for you? What is it that you really want, right? What do you really want to do? Where do you want to be? And that's what I hadn't considered in a long time because I was immersed in this career. And so for me at that point, it became, it was like a punch in the gut, like a smack on the face, right? Like this huge eye opener. And I just kind of I heard this still small voice say, why, you know, why? And then what are you going to do about it? And so for me, that was kind of my turning point because I will share with you, Raya, that I, over the years, became very discontent where I was. And I just thought maybe I'm learning fast and I'm mastering this and I need to do that. But it's like Steve Jobs said, I think he said, it's, I was a round peg in a square hole. I was literally trying to find my fit. Now, remember my fit was Broadway and Hollywood dancing and singing. So where did I get, how did I get into this scientific, very technical world, which worked okay for me? Some people would say, you know, what do you have to complain about? Right. But the reality of it is I was exhausted. I was working 80 to hundred hours a week because I was working around the world. I literally was questioning why I was doing that. My health started to suffer. My marriage didn't suffer because I married late in the game. So when we got married and lived in the same house, he was like, what's really going on? <laughs> right? Are you not going to get rest? And so I just, I knew there was more for me. And I mean, I was very blessed where I was, but there just had to be something different. And I had to find what that was because I pushed it aside long enough. And so at that moment, shortly thereafter, I had a conversation with my husband and I decided to do what I call pro-tire, which literally means quit and make room for the things that I really wanted to do. I have never heard that before. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. I've been thinking about this question why I've always really struggled with when people say, what do you really want? Like, why? What do you really, really want? And I've always thought that I needed to be able to specify what it is that I really want 
wanted in order to declare my purpose. And this happened, I was just talking to my social media gal, so I'm sure she'll put something about it on social media, but that's okay. (laughs) But I was taking a nap and I laid there and I was comfortable, but I was not like comfy. I was just comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, like, what do you want? Like, you know, like, this is fine. You're fine. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. This is my nap. Like, I can get comfortable. Like, just move, you know, just move. So then I did. I got into, like, the most comfortable position. And I was like, that wasn't that hard. You know what I mean? And then I, like, really, for I sat there for probably five, ten minutes just thinking about the metaphor of, like, how we get so stuck on this, like, the details, the how, mm-hmm. the strategy, mm-hmm. you know, not even the strategy, but the tactics behind the why. And then I realized, okay, so then I said to myself, what is it that I really want? And what I want are two things. I want to connect business owners with their clients mm-hmm. in real relationship, whether that be relationship marketing or relationship relationship, like actually mm-hmm. just connecting better with them. And then I am really passionate about empowering women who can work overseas. Like I, I have quite a bit of work with virtual assistants in the Philippines okay. and helping matching you know, women in the Philippines with businesses that really desperately need the help, but don't necessarily have it in their business to hire a full-time assistant here domestically. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it's like a win-win for these women in the Philippines and then also women here who need the help, but I don't have to figure out how all that works. I just right. know what's important to me. Yeah. And so it was just this like funny little scenario where I was like, I'm comfortable, but I'm not comfy, you know? And then why, why am I just staying here in this spot when, and you know, it's, and so I think we have to like put that in many situations in our life where we're like, we're comfortable, but I'm not comfy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And say like, is what I'm doing the best use of my resources? Yeah. And, and I love that what you do takes it even to the next level, like not just being comfy, not just having like a general vision of like what's important to you, but actually really digging deep into finding what is your purpose. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, number one, why is that important to know what your purpose is and like some of the work that you do with women and the methodology that you do with women to help them really reignite their light and feel just passionate about what it is that they're doing? Well, you know, Raya, one of the reasons, there's so many different reasons why I feel it's important. So I'm just picking one. (laughs) So we have a limited amount of time. But so the average age of a woman in the U.S., I mean, or the woman, not the average age, but the average lifespan of a woman in the U.S. is 83.3 years. So that to me, when I think about that, that is a long time to live in a state of what I call unfulfillment. Mm -hmm. So you imagine there's three stages in life, you know, when we're born and up until we like go to college, I mean, we're at home with our parents, you know, they're instilling values in us. I mean, we're learning simple things like, you know, please and thank you and all the things that you try to train your kids, you know, to do as they're growing up and become good contributing members of society. So then from there, you know, we go to college, 
and this is uh, step phase two, where we go to college and, you know, we graduate, we get our jobs, or maybe, you know, whether or not you went to college, not the most important thing in that statement, but it is, you now become self-sufficient and you're now on your own, ideally. So you, you know, put into place the values your parents instilled in you and you make your um, decisions and you go about doing your life. And most often, you know, we do the same things, right? We, we can learn some things as we grow, but a lot of times we keep those values and then we build our lives and we have children. And we start that cycle over again. And then the third phase is we get to the place where a lot of times, you know, people get there, maybe doctors decide, hey, you know what? I really wanted to be, I don't know, an elementary school teacher. So I didn't want to be a brain surgeon or teacher might decide, you know, I really wanted to travel the world and help under, you know, children. I I don't know, whatever it is, we hear a lot about people having midlife crises, right? And for me, what I've decided is in a lot of cases, and people that I know and have worked with, and even myself, it wasn't a midlife crisis. It was a midlife correction for me. And I was looking to get correct the path that I was on and and get onto the path of whatever, what was burning deep down inside of me. And I realized that the love I have for the arts, you know, the love I have for theater, et cetera, it was centered around freedom. And having the freedom of expression, whether that is in your career, your relationships, and choosing a maid and all these sorts of things, it was around freedom and being able to, to live life you know, the way you wanted to live. I read a stat that said the number one regret people have on their deathbed is that they live life the way expected to live, not the way they wanted to live. Right. So we, yeah. So we, we conform, you know, we're conditioned actually to a lot of norms in our society. And then there's lots of layers between there. There may be the family, there may be the corporate culture in which you work or the business culture in which you work. So we have so much conditioning going on in our lives that a lot of times we don't even question, you know, what we think. Byron Katie actually has a quote that says, you know, don't believe everything you think. (laughs) It's profound to me, right? Because who sits around questioning why they think what they think? We just go about it. And I've read some research that said we have anywhere, and it varies from 12,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Dr. Joe Dispenza says 90% of them are the same thoughts. And the first research I quoted said that 70% of them are negative. So imagine what's going on in our lives, just what's in our minds, in our brains. We're not on the course we want it to be on. You know, we're thinking all these thoughts every day, thoughts, and some are small, like, oh man, this dress doesn't fit me anymore. I need to lose five pounds or, you know, oh, my hair, is, it's never, you know, curly enough or straight enough or whatever. Right. So all those things play into, you know, who we are, where we are, what we want and what we do. And so it's very important to dig into, you know, why you're thinking what you're thinking, why you are, why you are, where you are, and where do you want to be? I always say there's the first three questions to get on the path to fulfillment is asking yourself, you know, who am I? What do I want? And why do I want it? Just the first question, who am I? Without saying I'm a doctor, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a mom, without naming the role that we play that we, you know, you know, participate in every day. Literally, who are you? And once you really know who you are, what you want, why you want it, and that takes some digging, you know, it really does because we have to go through the layers of everything that we're conditioned to believe or want or be. And, and when we get down to the core of who we are, oftentimes people are really surprised at what it is they really want 
why they want it and looking at where they are compared to, you know, what they really want and where they want to be is quite surprising. But the beauty in all of that is as long as there's breath in your body, you can get there. Yeah. So that excites me. (laughs) Absolutely. There's a guided meditation that was passed along to me and it has a lot of swear words in it, which is kind of funny (laughs) for guided meditation, but it's meant to be, I think exactly for um, like exercise, but Mm -hmm. it is like to pump you up. And one of the things that it says is I am, and then you're supposed to say your first name and then you say effing and then your last name and you're supposed to say it really bold. Like, you know, and then when you think about, you could say, I I am Raya Gonzalez or I am Raya Gonzalez, or I can say, I am Raya effing Gonzalez. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like embody that. But I think it's hard to disconnect the roles that we play from who we are. Yeah. And really say, you know, like I'm a child of God or I'm a person who loves to be hugged or, you know, or really breaking down like who I am as a person apart from being a mom, being an entrepreneur, being a friend, a sister, a lover, you know, all those things that we play, all these hats that we put on, they are part of who we are, but they are not who we are. They They are what we do. Exactly. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the results that women after they work with you and let's say they've discovered, you know, they've been able to answer those questions. They've been able to say, I am this person. I understand why I'm this person. Mm -hmm. And, and then what was the last question? The last question is what do I want to do? Who you are, what you want and why you want. Why? Yes. So Mm -hmm. I, why I want that, which that's such a tricky question too. You know, let's say that, you know, you have a client that has reached that level. What does her life look like after she's discovered her purpose? And let's say she wants to stay in the career that she's doing, you know, and she doesn't necessarily need to have a pro-tirement, you know what I mean? <laughs> she doesn't necessarily have to work correct completely, but she's reignited her passion for what it is that she's doing and she's coming bringing that back into the workplace. Mm -hmm. What are the things that she's going to experience after having those realizations? Well, a lot of times what happens is, you know, after having those realizations, and that's just the tip of the iceberg because there are other steps in the process because we literally do go through, you know, all the way to the end and where where we are designing what that next is look like, how you're going to get there. I I love to call it the North Star, right? So we're designing the path and the plan to get to the North Star. And in in that path and in that plan, there's purpose considered, there's passion, you know, there's all those sorts of things in order to get there. So it becomes a guiding star, if you will. And so what happens is you can, or people really begin to make decisions differently. They begin to say yes when they mean yes and no when they mean no and have that, you know, it's sort of that, that North Star becomes like a sieve. It sort of helps you decide whether you're going to be engaged in activity A or activity B or not engaged at all, right? Because maybe not engaged is what's going to serve you best in this scenario. So I do realize that, you know, in corporations and, and businesses and jobs, you don't just get to say, hey, I figured out who I am. 
you know, what I want and why I want it. And so that's not what I want. So today I'm not going to do anything. You don't get to do that. Right? right. But it's a process of transitioning and maybe even delegating, moving things away, looking at how you can bring more things that are in alignment to that North Star into your space. And so that becomes a really custom experience because, and we get creative and we really do consider the full environment, the people that, you know, the other people, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's children, maybe it's a pit, you know? So there are different things that have to be considered, but beautiful part of it all is just knowing that it's possible to get there. And now knowing it's possible to get there, we just look at what the pieces and parts are and how we need to move them around and how we need to navigate. So you really have to be open-minded to, and what I like to say is you have to be open-minded to really receive you know, the next normal, like, what is it going to look like for you? Right. And it's not really a woo-woo kind of a thing. It literally is when you open up to things, things come to you, ideas flow, creativity blossoms and blooms. And so we definitely work to do that and do a lot of subconscious mind work just to remove beliefs and, you know, install new ones, new affirmations, new assumptions, various things. So that not only do you know it's possible, but you can see it and have a vision and feel it. And then we can begin to execute on that. So I love that. I love that so much. Well, aside from working with you, which would obviously be the like pinnacle and the, the best. And if anyone is interested in more information about Dr. Kim, we will be including all of her contact information as well as a special gift that she's provided for our guests in the show notes. Um, but aside from working with you, what's a little tidbit that somebody could take away in their search for their purpose? One of, and this is so key, it it may not sound, you know, like a big thing to do, but one of the things I love to show people how to do is mind your mind. And that literally means to be conscious of the thoughts that you're having. And they're an indication, like everything in life tells a story. So what story are your thoughts telling? You know, those thoughts are driving you to some actions and behaviors, beliefs. And in those beliefs, what are you telling yourself about yourself? And so there's so many layers in there that really matter. And like I said, that Byron Katie quote, the first time I heard it, I was like, that is so profound. You know, don't believe everything you think. (laughs) Because a lot of times what we think is so interesting that a lot of times what we think isn't even true. And when we find out it's true, we still oftentimes want to hold on to it because what are we going to believe if that's not there anymore? Right. So, and will I be able to adjust and adapt to what is true and the new belief? So one of the things I love to say is an, an, an initial step is mind your mind. And how can you do that? Easily grab a notebook, piece of paper, napkin, whatever, make sure it happens and just be mindful for five to seven days of your dominant thoughts. What are you thinking at any given moment of the day? And write it down. And notice whether or not it's a a thought that is going to propel you forward, going to hold you back, or going to keep you standing still. And standing still ultimately becomes being held back because everything else is sort of moving and moving forward. Right. So, And when those thoughts don't serve you well, write down a counter thought. For example, if I got on the scale this morning, I'm like, man, I really need to lose that last 10 pounds. You know, I got to lose that last 10 pounds. But instead of just saying, I'm never going to lose that last 10 pounds, you know, a counter thought to that is I have an opportunity to release weight and I'm going to do it one pound at a time. So, and every pound from here on, I'm going to celebrate. 
And that doesn't mean with cake or cookies, right? Right. <laughs> just I means, have a, um, I'm going to celebrate, you know, maybe I'll get on Facebook and just do something crazy, whatever it is to right. celebrate and recognize the progress. So thing you can really do is start your mind, keep a, a list of your dominant thoughts, whether they're good or bad. Don't, you know, not write them down because you want them all to be good, but it's important to know what they are. And once you know what they are, then you can actually deal with them right. and then you know, start to count, put down counter thoughts and move forward from there. And once you change your thinking, then you can ask yourself, those other three questions. Who am I? You know, what do I want? Why do I want it? But you have to know where you are first. You have to know where you are. So I have this friend of mine and I had said the statement that I have a nasty habit of being late a lot. Mm -hmm. And she goes, no, no, you (laughs) don't have to say that to me. She says in the past, you, you've struggled with tardiness, right? But you've been working on that. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. she goes, that past could be five minutes ago. Yes. You've struggled with tardiness, but you're working on that. Yeah. And I've also, which I, I have been actually, it's been working quite well. And the other thing that I um, noticed is if I apologize, like let's say I am late for something mm-hmm. and I apologize, I tend to beat myself up about it. And so I've changed the language in which I apologize. And that is, I say to the person, thank you so much for your patience, because I'm acknowledging that I did something that was rude, but I'm not beating myself up in the process. Yes. And I'm honoring the fact that they were patient with me. That that feels nicer to myself to say, you know, because I'm still taking responsibility, but I'm not being mean to myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of ways that we could do that for ourselves. There's a philosopher I follow. And one of the things he has is an, I remember when statement and like, for example, the tardiness, you can say, I remember when I was always running five minutes later, 10 minutes later, I was just never on time. But nowadays I've completely switched that around and I actually arrive early because basically what he's saying to do is put yourself in the end state you want to be in. Mm -hmm. Remember the current state as though it's in the past and then put yourself in the end state so that subconsciously what starts to happen is, wow, that was just a memory. I remember when I used to be late. Now I'm so excited, so proud of myself that I arrived like 10, 15 minutes early. Yeah. And, you know, I'm ready. I get to relax and, you know, get going. So that's another way of doing it. Yeah. Well, I always ask my guests two questions at the end of the episode. So the first question I have is what is the best piece of advice that you could give our guests aside from the tip of minding your mind, but what's the best piece of advice that you could give? And it could be around passion, around productivity, or it could be something else, but what would be the best piece of advice that you could give the audience? Well, so the best piece of advice I believe that I could give the audience literally is commit to living life to the fullest. And if you make a commitment to live life to the fullest, you you will ultimately uh, move from the wish space, right? To the grateful I did, to the excited space. But you don't have to know how, and you don't have to know where. You just have to make the commitment, right? I'm going to live life to the fullest. And what does that look like to me? So for me, interest, like I love, you know, I'm a daredevil actually. Like, so I like jumping out of planes and, you know, you know, climbing 
climbing under things, going over things. And just so for me, when I was a child, there was a game that a friend of my mother's daughter had. And it was a little, it, you learned the capitals of the world, of all the countries of the world. And I remember thinking, Ooh, Prague, that just sounds like really cool, right? Czechoslovakia. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to make a list. I'm going to go there. Zinky, that sounds awesome, right? So, and I did, I just made a commitment. I'm going to go to all these places and I'm going to see them. I don't even care if I'm just there for a day on a stopover. I'm going to go. And I literally, I was probably in the third grade. So I can say today that most of those places I've been to. And I didn't even realize until later on I started looking and we were moving and I found the list because I used to write a lot when I was a kid, write down my dreams and all those sorts of things. But it was just that commitment that I made. And you can say, oh, this is a childhood thing or whatever. It never left me because I made the commitment. So now I have a whole different list. Like I want to do the ultimate Iditarod. You know, I want to yeah. Like, you know, I don't know about the bulls. I'm still working on running with the bulls. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But the bottom line is make a commitment, right? To live life to the fullest. And whatever that looks like to you, just like celebrate it. If I think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like that top tier, right? Self-actualization. We look at that and we probably, we often think, well, I'm not rich, not this or that or whatever. All the excuses you could possibly come up with tonight there and be self-actualized. But I'm here to tell you today, you can. You can reignite your light. You can be successful and fulfilled. And you can look back and realize, oh my God, like I did it. And after that, I'm always like, what's next? (laughs) So yeah. And as our closing thought, tell me what was the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? There's so many pieces. There are things that, you know, my grandmother said to me, right? My great grandmother, I had the, you know, I was blessed to grow up with great grandparents for a huge part of my childhood. So just, just longevity runs on both sides of my family. So that was awesome. But what I will say, it comes from a quote by George Washington Carver and a mentor of mine some years ago shared this quote with me. She said, I think you'll like this. You may be able to use it in your business someday. I'm not really sure, but I think you'll like it. And it says, no man and of course I put woman in parenthesis, or woman, has any right to come to the world and go out of it without leaving distinct and legitimate reasons for having through it. So for me, I just, it's like, make sure, like, you know, what are your distinct and legitimate reasons for being here, for being on the planet, for being in this space and time? And, you know, just, I don't know, it's about figure out why am I here and what am I to do? And so I think for me, I've always been, I was that kid growing up to where eventually my mom would just say, because I said so, right? Like I have no more answers to your questions. (laughs) It's because I said so. So if I had to wrap all that up, I would probably say, live in the question, ask questions about everything ask questions and ask questions of yourself and, you know, allow answers to come to you. Then life becomes, I don't know. I just love life, Raya. And I just love living. I, and I, I want I everyone else. I, love, I, love. <laughs> I want everyone to be in love with life and to realize that life in, if I had imagined life as a person, life would really want to be lived. Yeah. And, and the more you live it, the more life there is to live. 
don't know if that was simple, but. Oh no, that was perfect. That was absolutely <laughs> perfect. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. This has been another episode of the Client Experience Revolution. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I hope that you'll join us next time.